This is our novena towards the World Day of the Sick. Thirty years ago, St. John Paul II instituted the World Day of the Sick to encourage the people of God, Catholic health institutions, and civil society to be increasingly attentive to the sick and to those who care for them. The theme chosen for this 30th World Day of the Sick is Be Merciful, Even as Your Father is Merciful. Pope John Paul II asked us to turn our gaze towards God, who is rich in mercy. Pope Francis reminds us that he always, the Lord always watches over his children with a father's love, even when they turn away from him. Mercy is God's name. Mercy, understood not as an occasional sentimental feeling, but as an ever-present and active force. On since morning's novena, I have Rachel with us from Rachel's Vineyard to share her reflections with us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Rachel, for joining us. So, as I've been introduced, yes, my name is Rachel from Rachel's Vineyard, but that's just a coincidence of my name. I'm part of this healing ministry that supports those suffering from the trauma of abortion. Those suffering are mothers, fathers, grandparents, siblings, wider family, and those that have also worked in the abortion industry. Abortion affects us all, whether we know it or not. We are heading this year towards 10 million people missing from the UK due to abortion. That's a lot of people missing, and that's many hearts broken. There are so many that need healing from abortion, and sadly, many of those are not even aware of the wounds and their need to be healed. I know this on a personal level, as I suffered the consequences of abortion trauma many decades ago, and for many decades. Yet if I'd been faced with Jesus and he asked me what I wanted from him, I wouldn't have known what my wounds were. In Mark's Gospel, Jesus asked the blind man, what do you want me to do for you? If I'd have been in that crowd that day, I'd have sarcastically sneered, Well, Jesus, if you hadn't have noticed, the man is blind. I'd have said that because I too can be so blind to my wounds and what I need healing from, blind to my own sickness. So what makes us sick? Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous have a 12-step programme of recovery, and I am very blessed to have many, many amazing friends in those recovery programmes. And they often say to me, Secrets keep you sick, and you're only as sick as your secrets, and how true this is. How many secrets do we all try and hide from our family, our friends, and even those closest to us, as we delve into a pit of denial? We even try to hide our secrets from God, who already knows. It's the first thing that Adam and Eve did when God appeared after they disobeyed. They tried to hide. Human nature has repeated this time and time again in history as we too try to hide. You're only as sick as your secrets and my goodness have I been sick. I was sick. Sick of going round in circles. I was doing the same thing and expecting a different result. 
sicker than men that would promise me the world and leave me with nothing but emptiness. Sick of my promiscuous behaviour as I hoped that would lead to true love. Sick of trying to buy my happiness with shopping, designer clothes and the latest handbag. Sick of my bruised, traumatic childhood, pretending to be a survivor, yet really portraying a victim. Sick of being in the crowd and feeling so desperately lonely. Sick of my heart breaking again and again and again. Sick, sick of a secret that would lose me my home and so much more my internal happiness. Sick of my denial, my anger, my depression, my bargaining. Sick, so very sick of my anger, oh, the rage and the violence in my head and in my life. Sick, knowing the symptoms, but not having a name for the illness or the cause. There's a post on social media where two identical women are sat next to each other, one dressed in white and one dressed in black. And under it, it says, I sat with my anger and she told me her name was Grief. I was grieving and I didn't even know. I had this childhood that was so dysfunctional and abusive in every way. And I learned to cope with this abuse by pressing a button that I now know today that button is called disassociation. This is not an excuse for my choices, but sometimes situations in our life really do set us up to fail. Whilst I was at school, I became pregnant for the first time and I just wanted to be unpregnant. And I use that word because even though I was trying to look like I was in my 20s when I was just a teenager, my emotional age was stunted. I wanted to be unpregnant. I wanted the problem to go away, but it wouldn't. And the devil, or as I call him, little red legs, became my defender. He would whisper to me, you won't be able to cope. You can't do this on your own. Your life will end. Wait till your family find out. They'll kill you. And so I chose abortion. And how did I feel afterwards? Nothing but relief as I stepped into the first stage of grief, denial. And that's when the devil, little red legs, became my prosecutor. And he whispered the lie that I was going to go to hell. My lifestyle choices didn't change, and if anything, they just got darker. And if nothing changes, nothing changes. And I became pregnant for the second time whilst I was at school, but this time I was a teacher. Abby Johnston, who worked in the abortion industry, says that abortion has a smell. My second abortion would be different because this time I would be awake. And I know what Abby Johnston is talking about. I know what abortion feels like, what it sounds like, what it smells like. And I also know what it looks like as I watched the abortionists count the body parts of my child. I went into shock, traumatised and spent years and decades in denial and anger, the first two stages of grief. If anyone had asked me how I felt, I'd have just said relieved, the problem had gone away. You see, I thought abortion made my problem go away because my problem was I didn't want to be a mum. It would take years of blackmail and me to lose my house and all I had before my secret would come out. And I would tell my mum and she would tell me about God and that I needed Rachel's vineyard. And after eight years of nagging from my mum, I eventually went to Rachel's vineyard due to having a huge conversion in 2007. I ended up in Medjugorje and I bumped into a priest who at the end of absolution of confession asked me if I'd had an abortion. And then he told me he was part of Rachel's vineyard. 
At Rachel's Vineyard, I worked through the stages of grief in a safe place where we could really come just as we were. I cleverly worked out that those that were there were upset the mothers and fathers because they went on to be mothers and fathers. I said this out loud and the priest looked at me as tears rolled down his face and he said, Rachel, it's not that you could have been a mum, you are a mum. I couldn't believe it. I thought, I thought abortion prevented me from being a mum, but it doesn't stop you from being a mum. It just meant that I was a mum to two children that I'd killed. I went to Rachel's Vineyard grieving the children that could have been, and I left Rachel's Vineyard a mother of two, of Jude and Paul. And I left knowing I was forgiven and I was loved very much by my children who were in heaven. And through the grace God poured onto me at Rachel's Vineyard, I'm able to stand in that truth every day as it keeps me well and keeps me healed. No more denial and no more anger, just God's scandalous love and hope. H-O-P-E, hold on, pain ends. Jesus knows what we need healing from, so we just have to ask him. I know he already knows, but he loves to hear it from us the first time from our own voice. He just wants to hear it from us and there's no better way to hear this to Jesus in, but in confession. Where we can say it out loud, the secrets lose its power. To really get real with God is truly to get real with ourselves. If we really want to pull those weeds out of sin, then go to confession and not only confess your sins, but say why you do it. I suffer from the sin of judging people. So not only do I go into confession and say I judge, but I also say I judge because I don't like that person or I judge because it makes me feel better about myself. Before Jesus healed the paralysed man, he said, your sins are forgiven. Get up. Our sins have consequences. My sins have consequences. All our sins have consequences. Father Michael Smith says that Jesus is asking us into, in confession. It's not us asking Jesus, give us another chance, but Jesus asking us. Will you give him another chance? Please use the sacraments. They're there for us. And please call Rachel's Vineyard or contact us on rachelsvineyard.org.uk if you're hurting from abortion. If you've got anything out of me speaking today, remember it was never me, but God. All glory to him. Our Lady of Lourdes, pray, pray for, for us. us. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And now we'll say our Novena Prayer. Uh, Rachel, could you lead us, please? In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Mary, Our Lady of Lords, you appeared at the grotto of Massabel to Bernadette, a simple shepherdess. You brought her the radiant light of your smile, the gentle, resplendent brightness of your presence. Day by day, you built a relationship with her where you gazed at her gently as one person talking to another. We too come before you in our poverty, and we humbly pray to you. May those who doubt discover the joy of trust. May those who despair sense your discreet presence. Mary, our Lord, Lady of Lords, you revealed, you revealed your, name. your name to Bernadette by simply saying, I am the Immaculate Conception. 
May we discover the joy of a forgiveness that never falters, instilling us the desire from a rediscovered innocence and a joyful holiness. Help the blinded sinner, you who gave birth to the Saviour of the world. Look tenderly on our beautiful but tragic world. Open in us the path of hope. Guide us to the one who is the living source, Jesus, your Son, who teaches us to call God the Father. Amen. Amen. For today's Decade of the Rosary, we'll be saying the joyful mystery. The first joyful mystery, the Annunciation. Can you lead us, Rachel? Thank you. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and in the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. Amen. Amen. 
And here is a reflection from Pope Francis's Writings for World Day of the Sick, 2022. Our 20, 120th century philosopher suggests a reason for this. He writes, pain isolates in an absolute way. An absolute isolation gives rise to the need to appeal to the other, to call out to the other. Pope Francis writes, when individuals experience frailty and suffering in their own flesh, in their own mind, as a result of illness, their hearts become heavy, fear spreads, uncertainties multiply, and questions about the meaning of what is happening in their lives become all the more urgent. How can we forget, in this regard, all those who, during this time, have spent the last part of this earth in solitude or in an intensive care unit, who have been taken care of by generous volunteers, healthcare workers, support, and yet how far is their loved ones and the most important people in their lives? This all helps us to see how important is the presence at the side of those who are witnessing to God's charity. Those people that are following the example of Jesus, the very mercy of the Father, who pour the balm of consolation and the wine of hope on the wounds of our sick. Our Lady of Lords, pray for pray. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This is Radio Maria, and that was our novena for the World Day of the Sick. And I'm, I've asked Rachel to stay on a bit so we can just talk a bit more about Rachel's Vineyard. Hello, Rachel. Hiya. So St. Uh, John Paul II also had a, mis a message specifically to women who've had an abortion. And that message was that he'd like to say a special word to the women who have had an abortion. The church is aware of the many factors which may have influenced your decision. And she does not, uh, and, and the church does not doubt that in many cases it was a painful, even shattering decision, and that the wound in your heart may not have yet healed. But do not give in to discouragement and do not lose hope. Try rather to understand what happened 
and face it honestly. And that was, I mean, John Paul, Pope John Paul II, that was years ago. And it's so refreshing to know that this is, that that was then and we're still continuing today and that there is such a group as Rachel's Vineyard. You've shared with us in your reflection about how uh, you were told by a priest and by a few folks about, hey, go check out Rachel's Vineyard. What was, I mean, what is the process like? Do you just call up? Is there, uh, is it, uh, is there a discreet way? Is there a place you can go in person? Yes. Yeah, so if you go on the website, uh, you'll find the national phone number, which is me. And um, you give us a call. So many people know Rachel's Vineyard as a weekend retreat, but we're so much more than that. So we journey with people before, we journey with people after. So very often some people are so traumatised, not only by their abortion experience, but their life experiences, that we need to get them counselling, psychotherapy, just journey with people wherever they're at until they're ready to come to a place where they can come on a retreat. So the weekend retreat is away from the world where people can stop, get off the world and actually look at grief because very often we just keep dipping in and out of it and going back into denial. And the majority of abortions, there's no body to bury. And so because there's no body to bury, it's as if the abortion grief goes on and on. So at the end of Rachel's Vineyard, we have a memorial service to put some closure to it. And then we journey with people after. So people, so not just Christians and Catholics come to Rachel's Vineyard. We have Sikhs, Muslims, atheists, because grief tears are grief tears. So the ones that had never really had an experience with God and then meet Jesus in such a profound way at Rachel's Vineyard. You know, I don't want to be an altar call, so we journey with people with their faith, whether it's an RCIA programme or a Rachel's Vineyard Alpha. And we're doing Rachel's Vineyard Alpha at the moment, which is a normal Alpha, but you have to have been on Rachel's Vineyard. I think there's 33 of us that do it every Monday at the moment. I love that, Ray. I was just thinking, I was like, oh, what about, so you get this retreat and you continue to accompany those people. Now, is it just women or is it open? Who who all goes on these retreats? So, um, so the majority are women, not all are mothers. Some are grandmothers, some are siblings. Um, so it's anybody, anybody that, that's um, affected by abortion. So the mothers, the fathers, we've had grandparents, we've had abortion workers, um, Kevin Duffy. It's very, obviously, it's very confidential what happens at Rachel's Vineyard unless people choose, if it's safe for them to do so, to go public. So Kevin Duffy has gone public. He was an abortion worker and he was above 600 abortion centres and he came to Rachel's Vineyard and, um, yeah, dropped all that guilt and all that mess at the foot of Jesus. You know, I always say on Friday when they arrive, you know, you're going to heal, not because of me, in spite of me, because this is all Jesus. You know, it's all his amazing work. So anybody, anybody that's affected by abortion can come to Rachel's Vineyard. Now, if if this, how can, how can, the, there's a lot of us that are very, that want to help, that may have not gone through the experience. But But is there a way for others to help spread the word of Rachel's Vineyard, perhaps open up or or support in the retreats? Is there any way to volunteer? Yes. So so the team is made up of Rachel's Vineyard, made up of a therapist. So even though it's not a um, a therapeutic weekend in that way, it's not a counselling weekend, 
it would be ridiculous not to have a council there where stuff comes up and then there can be signposted to other stuff. Um, and we also have, obviously, we have a priest there. The priest is there not just for sacraments, but also to show what a good man looks like, because often these women are hurt by men or the men have nobody to relate to, so they can relate to the priest. And then there's there's post-abortive women on the team, but there's also other women that, that help on the team as well. The main thing that people can always do if they contact me is we need we need prayer warriors. So we need a lot of people backing what we do. So I, I contact hundreds of people two weeks before the retreat. Our retreat, next retreat's the 18th of February. So just less than two weeks. So we need people to pray. We need people to spread the word of what Rachel's Vineyard is, you know, and say to people, you know, um, contact Rachel. She's had an abortion herself. I mean, the, the denial is so deep that women ring me or men ring me and they say, you know, I've had one abortion. I said, well, I've had two. And they'll go, actually, I've had two. Because they believe red legs when he says one was bad enough, but two is unforgivable. Mm. So it's breaking through those lies. So it's just spreading the word. And we do, we, we, we run everything on, on donations. Um, I gave up teaching two years ago to do this because I just feel so strongly about it. And we made Rachel's Vineyard a charity and it's just going from strength to strength. So anybody that could support us financially by just hitting the donate button, wonderful. But prayer is what we really need to. Let me share the website again. It's www.rachelsvineyard.org.uk. I know we have a, a flyer in our parish of St. Lawrence in Cambridge. Can we? Can churches get flyers to put up in there? Absolutely. You know, I've got flyers, I've got leaflets, I've got um, little business cards, you know, and, and we're really trying to spread the word with the priests because... You know, if you can go to Rachel's Vineyard or go to confession, you have to go to confession because that's the only way we can get rid of this mortal sin. But very often the women go to confession and then keep going back, confessing the same thing. So it's because it's such a deep wound, that's why they need the weekend away. And, you know, priests in confession by giving these business cards out and just saying, you know, how about you look at Rachel's Vineyard and getting priests, you know, talk about it from the altar. I know priests are very worried about, you know, offending by, you know, by saying abortion is wrong and abortion is a mortal sin. But we have, you know, that's not the end. The good news is Jesus came for all sinners and you go to Rachel's Vineyard, confession, they're too worried to say this because they think they're going to hurt the post-abortive person, that they're going to offend us. But the news is we're already offended. It's already been done to us. And we actually need to hear the good news. Oh, amen. 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 And God bless you, Rachel, for all the work you do and for coming on today and sharing your story and sharing the good news that is Rachel's Vineyard and that there is healing to be had. Thank you so much, Rachel. Have, have a blessed, blessed day and God bless. God bless. Radio Maria,